Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Please take a seat and it is so great to see you all. And yes, I am here to blow my own trumpet this morning. Thanks to Nick. Thanks, Derek. Thank you very much. Yeah, apparently um, the preaching team, when they sat together and they go planning out this whole series, they kind of pondered which of the spe- those who are on the speaking roster will be the one who would blow his or her trumpet the most. And apparently my name was came up. I don't know, I don't know about that one, but... But I, I, I can think of some others, Peter Christophides maybe, um, who, would, who can, but I don't know. Anyway, good morning. It's so good to see you. Uh, thank you for your presence. Thank you online and later via Zoom as well. We want to thank Carolyn and the team. How great was that worship? Let's thank our Lord. Let's praise our Lord for our worship team. Hey, children, if you um, missed out on that trumpet, the little popper blower, don't worry. We've got enough for you after the service. Come, grab one, take it, blow it in the car, <laughs> blow it at home. Whole week, just do it. Because when you hear the message, you'll know why we need to blow those trumpets. Just remind mum and dad throughout the whole week, right? And if they break it, you need to come and tell me and let me know. All right, all right. Well, we continue on with our current series celebrating Jesus in the biblical feast. Today, looking at the Feast of Trumpets. And to help us better understand, and for those of us who are visual learners, let's have a look at the screen. The next one, please. Thank you. If we can look at the feast as season, the season of Passover was the first of these feast seasons, and it taught us how to have peace with God, which included the uh, the feast of uh, the feast of Passover. Actually, included feast of Passover, the unleavened bread, and the first fruits. And the last week, Graham led us through the season of Pentecost. This was a single feast, and he taught us about God's power and the arrival of the Holy Spirit. And this week, we enter into third and the final feast season called Tabernacles. It included the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And the clear teaching of this season for God's people to learn to rest in him. Today we look at the first of these feasts, the Feast of Trumpets. So are we ready? Are we ready to enter into God's rest? God's rest even in the midst of all the battles we face on a daily basis with everything that is going on in the world and in our lives? Are we ready to enter into God's rest as he calls us? Are we ready to enter into his rest in this world in our city, in our homes, in our workplaces, in our schools, wherever we are, and more importantly, whatever we are going through, whatever we are facing at the moment, can we and are we entering into that rest? 
even in the midst of COVID-19 and the uncertainty that has brought into our lives, the moral and the natural evil that we see in the world today, the pain and the suffering we endure and the grief that we experience. Can you and I enter into his rest even in the midst of what we are facing today. The Feast of Trumpets was a reminder and a call for God's people, chosen people, to enter into his rest. Are you and I ready to enter into God's rest? I pray that God will be gracious to us to lead us into that rest today as we look at the Feast of Trumpets. So what did the Feast of Trumpets mean for the people of Israel? Well, after the Feast of Pentecost, there was the long summer months and there was no feast to be had. Then came the Feast of Trumpets. And we learn from Scripture that the Feast of Trumpet was on the first day of the seventh month. This is the Hebrew month of Tishri, which corresponds to the first month of the Jewish calendar. And henceforth, it was the Jewish New Year. The Israelites always blew on the first day of each month, so everyone would know a new month had arrived. But on the Feast of Trumpets, they blew them extra long and extra loud throughout the day. The Feast of Trumpets was an announcement of the arrival of the new year and to prepare the people for the Day of Atonement, which we're going to learn about next week, which was to come 10 days later. Our Bible reading comes from Leviticus 23, verses 23 to 25, and it says this, The Lord said to Moses, say to the Israelites, on the first day of the seventh month, you are to have a day of Sabbath rest, a sacred assembly commemorated with trumpet blast. Do no regular work, but present an offering made to the Lord by fire. The day was not marked by any special events other than blowing the trumpets on a Sabbath rest and an offering of sacrifices. Numbers 29 verses 1 to 6 explains more in detail of the offering and the sacrifice that was to be had on the day. So why blow the trumpets? What did the blowing of the trumpets mean for the people of Israel? As the people of Israel heard the trumpet sound, it reminded them of three key aspects of Yahweh. Firstly, it reminded them of the voice of God. The blowing of the trumpets was a way God communicated with his people. It was a calling of his people, a call to an attention, a call to an announcement, a call to battle. In the Old Testament, we read that God used the sounding of the trumpet as a means of communicating with his covenant people. God did not speak directly to the people without terrifying them. So he spoke to them through the use of trumpets. Originally, two silver trumpets were blown, but they were later replaced by the shofar, as you see in the diagram here made out of ram's horn. 
However, the silver trumpets were blown to assemble the people in worship to break camp during the time of Exodus, and there's an alarm or a preparation going into battle. To the Israelites, the sound of the trumpets, as they heard the trumpet sound, it reminded them of the voice of God. Secondly, it was the glory or the, and the might of God. We read in the narrative account of the Battle of Jericho that the people were instructed to circle city while blowing the trumpets. And on the final day, they circled the city seven times. And on the last circling of the city, the trumpets were blown loud and long. And as the people gave a loud shout, the walls of Jericho came tumbling down. When the Israelites heard the trumpet sound, they were reminded of the glory and the might of God. As the story of God and the might and his power were passed down the generations, the trumpet sound was a reminder to his chosen people of his presence and his power and his glory. As God spoke to his people and revealed his power, his chosen people knew that God was their salvation. And this was the third reminder of to the Israelites. The sounding of the trumpets reminded them that God is their salvation. Israelites began to call God the horn of their salvation. By this they meant that God was their deliverer who would fight their battles for them and save them from their enemies. King David clearly understood and appreciated the might of God in his battles. He spoke of God as the horn of his salvation. In Psalm 18 we read, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Similarly, in 2 Samuel, it says, My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my saviour. The people of God, Israelites, when they heard the sound of the trumpets, it reminded them of other things, but it reminded them of the voice of God, the glory of God, and the salvation of God. It was a call, it was a reminder to remember these things and come into his rest. So how is the Feast of Trumpets fulfilled in Jesus? Well, the author of Hebrews captures this essence so well in the opening verses of chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophet and many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. 
the feast of the trumpets, a call to God's rest is fulfilled in Christ as we observe in these verses that Jesus is the voice of God. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and then many times in various ways, maybe through trumpets. But in these last days, he spoke to us by his son directly in person. Secondly, Jesus is the glory of God. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. And lastly, Jesus is our salvation. He provided the purification for the sins. We who were condemned to death, have been pardoned by the grace and love of God through the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And through it all, where is Jesus now? He is seated at the right hand of the majesty in heaven in God's rest. This is further confirmed in the book of John as Jesus himself told his disciples that he is the way to the Father. As we read in John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The feast of the trumpets was fulfilled in Jesus as Jesus is the voice of God. He is the glory of God, and Jesus is our salvation. So we come back to the question, are you and I ready to enter into his rest on a daily basis in the midst of everything that is going on in this world and in our lives today? Because that is what God wants for us. Our Father God wants us, his children, to be in his rest. So how do we enter into this rest? Well, we enter into his rest in three ways. In conversation, in confidence, and with conviction. I know they all start with a con, but trust me, this is no con. All right, this is no con. Firstly, we enter his rest in conversation. God spoke to his people. God spoke to his people. God speaks to us today. Our loving father is a relational God. He wants us to be in communion with him. And Jesus paved the way for that to happen. Whether in prayer or reading his word, whether in fellowship with the saints, fellow believers, we bring our life before him. Those things that keep us awake at night. Because as we are in conversation with him, he is present with us. Or should I say that we are in his presence as we converse with him. He wants us not to be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving in our hearts, present our request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts, my hearts, in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
this is an invitation to all of us. Wherever we're at, whatever we're facing, this is an invitation to us. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice today, if anyone opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. It's an invitation that is there for us to enter into his rest in conversation with him. Our Father God already knows where we're at and what we are going through. He wants us to come before him. And as we do, we can find rest in him. Secondly, we enter his rest in confidence. Confidence in God's glory, his majesty, his power and his authority through Jesus Christ our Lord. And nothing in this world and, and should take away that confidence we can have in Jesus because John 16 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The one who has overcome the world resides in you and in me. The one who is greater than the one who is in the world actually resides in us. Amen. Do you believe that? Yes. And remember Romans 8, who is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He's at the right hand of God interceding for us this very moment. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us, for I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present nor the future, nor powers or height or the depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen to that. And remember, he dwells in you and in me. Church, do you have that confidence? Take a moment to ponder and let the word be planted in your hearts today that the one who is in you, that the one who is in you is greater than anything or anyone who is in the world. Let it set in your hearts. Let it take root. Have confidence knowing the glory and the might of God resides in you. We are never too far away from God to return to God. We are not going to face anything greater than God in this world, in our lifetime. And there is nothing too small for him to give his full attention to us. 
May our doubts that we may have be a catalyst to coming closer to God, to know and taste that he is good. Let's enter into his rest, knowing that God is for us and never against us, that nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And thirdly, if that wasn't enough, we enter God's rest with the conviction of what is and what is to come. Paul reminds us in Corinthians 15, it's a long passage, but bear with me and stay with me and let me close after this. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I'll tell you a mystery. You will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true and hear these words death has been swallowed up in victory where O death is your victory where O death is your sting the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law but thanks be to God thanks be to God he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ death has been swallowed up in victory Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm and let nothing move you. Enter his rest with the conviction of the salvation we have received and the knowledge of the eternal rest we will have with our Heavenly Father when everything will be made new. We must be done away with the perishable, but be clothed with the imperishable. Be clothed with Jesus. Put on the armour of God, transforming our minds and our hearts with an eternal perspective, with the conviction of what is to come, the ultimate rest in God with him for all eternity, knowing that we are here for a moment, but we will be in paradise for all eternity with our King. Dear brothers and sisters, what troubles you? What sin holds us captive which is hindering us from entering into God's rest? Who are we in conversation with? Are we in conversation with God? Do we hold on to the promises, I will never forsake you, nor will I leave you? Do you have the confidence in the glory of God? Do we believe that Jesus has overcome the world? I pray that you will take action today. If the Spirit has stirred you today, respond. I encourage you, if you're here, respond by filling out a response form At the info point, if you're online, I encourage you to jump on our website and just fill out out the online form and let us know 
how we may serve you, how we may pray for you if you are in difficult times. In closing, let's look at the screen. For us visual learners, let's look at the screen. The season of tabernacles is to enter into God's rest. The Feast of Trumpet is a call into that rest. The sound of the trumpets reminded the Israelites the voice of God, the glory of God, and the salvation of God. And it is fulfilled in Christ, who is the voice of God, who is the glory and the salvation. And may we enter his rest every day in conversation, in confidence, and with conviction of what we believe is to be true as we wait for the day when all will be made new and enter into the ultimate rest with God. Knowing and living in this truth, we enter God's rest with future hope of eternal rest with him. Even in the midst of everything that is going on in the world, in our lives, and whatever we are facing today, we can have confidence as we commune with our loving, relational Father as he calls us into his rest today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are a relational God who pursues us to be in communion with you. Your love is unfathomable and incomprehensible, knowing that your son, that you gave us your son, and your son poured the blood out for us, for our sins, and we live and have our being in you and enter into your rest, even though we may be going through difficult times. In your grace, we know we will be with you for all eternity. And may that be enough for us today, this day, as you call and prepare us for eternal rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.